everybody. This is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University, and we're back. I'm an author, psychologist, and speaker. Every week, we talk about how to love ourselves, others, and a higher nature, how to improve our finances, relationships, careers, spirituality. And today, we have a very interesting guest, Jess McCann. Jess is an international love coach, author of several books, including You Lost Him at Hello and Cursed. And also, she's a love expert on Good Morning America, Fox Morning Show. She's been featured on Washington Post, Cosmopolitan, Washington Live Magazine. She's helped thousands of singles find love, and she's also married and has two children of her own. Welcome, Jess, to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Now, Jess, uh, you have interesting material here, and one of the things you talk about is that there are a lot of uh, attractive and successful singles out there, and I know you work a lot with women, but they can't find lasting love in relationships. And you said one thing is that they ask, the person that I want doesn't want me, and the one I don't mm -hmm. want wants me. <laughs> and then you talk about the internet, how people get into the online relationships, and then at some point someone goes to the other person and they disappear. So tell us what's going on right now. Why is this happening to these singles? Well, you know, one thing that I think I see a lot of out there right now is that people are very focused right now on achieving goals. Uh, you know, having a relationship is, is a goal. I see hashtag goals everywhere. And these millennials, especially people that are single right now, especially in the ages of like 18 to 35 or 45, they're very focused on achieving things in their life. They're achieving, you know, financial goals, career goals, physical goals about eating and wellness and relationships kind of become another goal. But when you make relationships a goal in that way, you sort of look at it in more of a super as a superficial search, right? Because instead of looking for the person that, you know, compliments you as far as you have shared a shared belief system or you have good communication, the person is very honest, the person has all these good qualities. What they're what people start looking for is I need someone that matches how great I've become, right? It's like I've become this great person. I'm successful. I'm I'm beautiful and fit. I want someone that matches what I have done to work so hard on myself. And so they go out there and they look for their equal, but it's a, it's a surface level search oh, okay. for that equal. So, you know, they're checking off this list of things like he's got to be this tall or he's got to make this much money or he's got to have this kind of career. It's very specific. And then they find out after they get in the relationship, well, those things didn't really matter anyway. You know, th those things yes. <laughs> go away. Right, exactly. Now, I wrote a book, Love Types, you may have heard about it, bestseller on Myers-Briggs, Compatibility and Love. And we're yes. talking about uh, similarities actually attract, I mean, differences seem to attract, but long-term relationships are based on similarities in terms of core values and deep uh, aspects of personality. But you're talking about people judging each other superficially, maybe on looks or yes. money or success or things like that. Now, one thing I find interesting is your titles are kind of provocative. And someone say yes. maybe, maybe a, a little bit on the negative side, because you say like, I lost them at hello and, and cursed, you know, it's not like an evil spell or something. So what are these <laughs> kind of titles that sound a little negative in some way? Is it because you want to tap into people's pain or what is it that you're talking about? It's a good question. Really, really. And I appreciate you asking it. Um, two things. Number one is I don't like being negative, but I really do like putting out the problem instead of the solution, because I feel like sometimes when you put out the solution, a person needs to be looking for a solution. And a lot of times when you're searching Amazon, if you see your problem on the title of a book, you might you might be more apt to pick it up. So the reason and the reason I've used cursed particularly is because I kept hearing I'm cursed from all of my clients. And what they meant was that they kept seeing the same pattern play right. over again and again in their relationships to right. the point that they thought, is there some spell on me? <laughs> Why is it that 
every guy I date ghosts me after eight weeks or every person I get into a relationship with leaves me for someone else. It didn't really matter what the pattern was. It was that they just kept seeing a certain pattern and they failed at getting love no matter how much they tried and how many times they tried. So I set out to find out what the curse was because I started to become interested. I've been a coach for 12 years. And at first I was just doing dating profiles and, you know, helping people to introduce themselves to other people, right. you know, learning those kinds of things. And, but I wanted to know, what is this curse? Right. How well, Jessa, are you said until 30, this? did you have the curse yourself? You said you were also dating a lot, yeah. and not really finding the right guy. Right. Right. Well, I broke my curse when I got, I got married. Yes. Um, How old were you when you got was, married? Let's say I, I was 33 okay. when I got married. So you had a curse yeah. for 33 years, let's say. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely had it, which is, I think what makes me so passionate about sharing the curse and, right. What made me write it? Okay, interesting. Now, the curse mindset, this is an interesting concept. And the way I see it is you talk about unintentionally sabotaging your relationship uh, with a self-absorbed mindset. So basically being yes. self-absorbed, uh, yes. kind of overthinking and being self-conscious about asking, well, what, what do they think? You know, what do they want? What did I do wrong? But I've talked to a lot of yeah. women and they often tell me, but that's a, a female thing. You know, we think a lot about relationships. We overthink. Isn't that a common mm-hmm. trend among females? Is that a bad thing? I think it is a definitely a common trend among females. I think that, you know, it's a bad thing if you're not getting the love you want. Absolutely. I think it's a bad thing if you're feeling disappointed in your relationships and and where you're at in your relationships. And and I think people often don't realize what self-absorbed means, because when you hear the word self-absorbed, you think of narcissism and you think of positively being self-absorbed. People don't often in my, you probably are different. You see probably lots of people and talk to lots of people, but the women that come to me are, are pretty much blown away when I say you're negatively self-absorbed. It's the same as being positively self-absorbed, but instead of thinking I'm so great i'm so great i'm so great you're thinking i'm not good enough i'm not good enough and the key is not to like make you feel good enough the key is to stop thinking about yourself so much because it skews the perception of reality when you're sitting down with another human being that you're trying to get to know right and also you on the love types approach myers-briggs there's the the feeling personality people are feelers are more emotionally in tune kind of like sensitive and they can be what we call the caretakers and you call them the people pleasers People that yeah. want to make sure everyone feels good. And they, you know, and sometimes their self-worth goes down when they think people don't like me, I'm not doing enough. And that affects your self-esteem. Yeah. And then you talk about self-esteem and you have an interesting idea. You said it's there's an inverse relationship between the more you think about self-esteem, the less self-esteem you have. So yeah. it's like the person that walks in the room and they puff themselves up, but they're really lacking confidence as opposed to the person that walks in with, you know, kind of a quiet nature, but they're confident. So that's interesting yeah. that you, you see that as occurring. Yeah. Do you agree? I would love to get your professional take on the way I see self-esteem, because I do believe that the more you think about yourself, the more your self-esteem is going to go down. And the less you think about yourself, the more it's going to go up. Yeah. Actually, I wrote a book called The Gift of Shyness. And I talked about shyness can be a positive trait in some ways, like you're sensitive, reflective, and and loyal. But the one thing they have in common that's the challenge is the self-consciousness. I call it the Mm self-observer, which is always you're thinking about what people are thinking about me. Uh, Am I going to make the mistake? Are they going to criticize, judge me? or reject me. And people that have the shyness have a a high level of that. But the other part of that is called the actor. The actor is the spontaneous nature of our personality. The one that's free-flowing and fun-loving, kind of like a little child that plays. And that's a whole different concept. So uh, Mm -hmm. typically, research shows that people that are socially healthy have about 80% of the actor 
and 20% of the observer. So some of the observer is mm. good, like if you make a mistake, uh, you know, you can correct it. But most of the time, you want to be in a free-flowing state of naturalness. Uh, people who are shy are opposite. They're 80% observer, or what you call self-absorbed, 20% yeah. actor. So it's a, whole, ah. it's a whole different reversal. It depends on the balance. Now, you also said that people have a lot of self-esteem issues of women, let's say, in terms of being married. Even our society today with women having more career opportunities and things like that. Do you see that the case? If your best friend Betty got married and you're not married, are you going to feel less, you think, as a female, maybe in your 30s and so forth? That's one of the things I, I go through all the time with my clients is this comparison contest, you know, of, you know, everybody else is getting married, everyone else is finding love, and I am being left behind, there must be something wrong with me, because I'm not moving along like everyone else. And right. it's something I go through, you know, I probably on a weekly basis <laughs> with one client or another, it's very, it's very interesting how women want to keep up with each other. I see. Now the As if it mattered. Yeah, because uh, social psychology, we have what's called upward comparison theory, is that you compare yourself to people that are doing better than you, you feel worse. Right. And they actually had a study where uh, someone won the lottery, and they looked at their neighbors, and a lot of them actually went bankrupt in a short period of time, trying to keep up with the guy that won the lottery. So it's kind of <laughs> yeah. uh, ironic. I guess a marriage is the same thing, or relationships. Like your friend's doing better than you, and you kind of want to compete with them. Another, Absolutely. And the other thing you mentioned is that the self-absorption, you don't you don't say it's narcissistic or necessarily selfish or bad. You think it's just a, like a self-defeating trait that people have? How would you? Yeah. yeah. Well, so what I found was that there were five really defining ways for your mind to be absorbed in yourself. Right, the, and the obviously, curses, the five curses. Right, I call it, yeah, the five faces of the curse. And, you know, you and I just spoke about two, which is being positively self-absorbed, always wanting to enhance yourself and negatively self-absorbed would be I'm not good enough and everything bad is my fault. Every guy that leaves me, it's my fault. And those are very prominent ones. And people can identify those very well. Usually you can even look at your friend and say, oh, she thinks she's so great. She's positively self-absorber. She doesn't think she's good enough. She's negative. But the other three are a little harder. They are the worrier slash lamenter, which means that you're always future thinking about yourself. You're always worried about yourself in the future. Am I going to be okay? Am I right. going to be married? Am I going to have kids? Or in the past, uh, I'm not, I wasn't okay. I should have been, and I'm angry about it. So there's that kind of self-absorbed thinking that's very future past. And then there is the wanter mindset. So if you have a, a wanter mindset, you are just looking to uh, always. Sorry, I'm going to put on my um, uh, do not disturb. Uh, 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 real quick. Grabbing you something. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you want something? So, huh? <laughs> yeah, you want something. You want you want more. So you're always looking to um, to 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 get more for yourself because you think the more you have, the more you're going to be. Um, and and that wanter mentality is very dangerous because you'll start chasing people that make you want them. And not be open to a loving relationship with someone that really is available. You don't you don't identify love as love. You identify love as a craving, a desire, a, a, a challenge. So that's another way to be self-absorbed. And the last way is the contestant mindset. And the contestant looks for drama so that she, he or she can be at the center of the drama. So those kinds of people that are self-absorbed often are in love triangles, um, you know, or they're chasing someone that is already in a relationship um, or they create drama. They, they get mad about little things to get attention. So those are the other three ways that are, are a little more sneaky, hard to identify, but to drive the other person away completely. Right. Now, Jess, does that stand for Jessica or is that just Jess? 
Yeah, Jessica. Oh, okay. Now, Jessica, yeah. the way you just said that, it strikes me you're kind of an intuitive person. Do you uh, do you score as intuitive on those Myers Briggs tests? Have you ever taken that? Don't judge me, but I've never taken oh, one. Okay, okay. <laughs> are you more imaginative or are you more practical? Would you say? I would say I'm more imaginative. Oh, okay. Because imagine if people uh, see the big picture, and I, I, you just kind of laid it out for us nicely. Uh, so I want to kind of break those down because those are really interesting concepts. Uh, for example, in terms of examples, you talk about the warrior. And the mm-hmm. warrior is someone, I guess, on a date might overtext the person a lot. Hey, what's going on? You know, where are you? Stuff like that. And um, and also maybe ask, you know, hey, uh, what do you think about children or something? Or, you know, are you just in a marriage? And I don't know if that's a good question or not to ask. I mean, some people might find that to be too off-putting. But then I'm thinking there are certain personalities in the, in the Myers-Briggs love types. We call them security seekers, uh, also known mm-hmm. as practical and structured. At the very beginning, they're actually thinking about it uh, on the first date. Hey, what kind of husband will we make? What kind of father? So, you know, for them, it's a natural thing to do. So is that bad for yeah. them to think like that? I mean, and other people would just say, I'll just go with the flow with the relationship. So it's really personality yeah. type focused. So what do you think about yeah. those types? Yeah. Very good question. I think that, yeah, it's fine if that is your goal and you want to get married, you should go on a first date and not only have fun, but really be evaluating who this person is. Um, The problem is when you sit down and you have a warrior mindset that is so focused on your future, you're not really getting to know the person across from you. What you want is the person to fulfill something in the future for you. So that can feel like use. So all your questions are coming off kind of tainted. Right. So if we're on a first date, are you going to ask me, do you want to get married and have kids? Or is that, is that too soon? As a I, would say that, that, I would say that's too <laughs> soon. <laughs> I would okay. say that's too soon. Uh, if you want the short answer, yeah. Oh, okay. But I think you said something in one of your materials that if you it's important to you, you should kind of ask it early on. I think you should. Um, I don't know if a first date would be the right, you yes. know, uh, forum. But yes, early on, it's fine in the right atmosphere and with the right delivery yeah. to ask someone, hey, you know, so, so yeah, the delivery is key, right? right? You don't want to get like too uh, desperate about it or something like, I got to have right, five kids right. in, in t- 10 years or something. <laughs> right. Absolutely. But yeah, you, with the right delivery, said the right way, absolutely, you should find out where right. someone's at okay. early on. Okay. So kind of a calmer approach. Now, the yeah. other one is, I think you talk about regrets and you talk about the lamentor. And the regret is a, yeah. a big issue. He said, like, if you've had bad relationships in the past with men, you might prejudge the men you're dating now. Like, if he texts you too late at night, you think, hey, why is he doing that? Is he with someone else? Uh, so they're a little bit more cynical about it. And then you mentioned self-regret. Like, I, I shouldn't have told him about my ex or, you know, I, I spoke too soon. So people do that a lot, right? They kind of regret what they're doing on the dates or in their relationships. Um, so what, why is that? Why do they lament so much? Uh, well, it's just a habit, to be honest, um, as far as I'm concerned. If you create the habit to always self-analyze, you will always self-analyze and you won't even be sure that you won't even notice that you're doing it, which is really the whole point of my book is you need to think about the way that you think. And most people right. don't think about the way that they think. Metathinking and if you're right, right. Um, so you have to notice that you're a past thinker. And see the detrimental side to too much analyzation, too much past thinking, because it usually skews reality. You're only looking at it from your perspective. And then you, instead of waiting and being patient and seeing how something plays out, your past thinking will drive you to do something. You know, oh, oh I need to overcorrect. I think I need to 
text him or call him or do something nice for him because maybe he took what I'm saying wrong. Your past thinking can motivate you in the wrong direction. Exactly. Now, you're a, a fan of Eckhart Tolle's work, uh, The Power of Now. So you talk about being present uh, in the date or relationship as kind of an antidote to this worrying and also lamenting. So instead of being in the past or the future, you want to be in the present, which I think is a good idea. Mm -hmm. And also you talk about the inferior mind. Now, the inferior mind is, uh, you know, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough kind of stuff. You know, the person's always worried about it. So they may not approach or talk to the person they're really interested, attracted to as a result right. because they fear uh, rejection. Now, you call it non-acceptance, which I kind of like that term. Why do you use the term non-acceptance instead of rejection? Because, you know, people always think they're, I'm going to be rejected by that person I like. Right. Um, I think that rejection, again, is more self-focused, you know, more self-absorbed. And the truth is it has nothing to do. It really isn't just about you. Uh, rejection feels like it's all about you. But the truth is there's another person involved. And there is a situation at hand and it doesn't do any good to point fingers and blame whose fault is it that we're not together. It really doesn't matter. What matters is it's not working. We should just accept it instead of keep hammering it and trying to make it work. So that's why I like acceptance because it's accepting the whole thing. Exactly. And also you said focusing as uh, shifting the focus from me outwardly to other people, you know, being kind to people and, and giving to others. Uh, I have an exercise in the Gift of Shyness where I talk about the actor-observer reversal. Remember I mentioned that 80% of the time you want to be the actor, you know, spontaneous and flowing, and 20%, you know, self-analyzing. Uh, so the, the exercise is pick a favorite actor that you like who has a, you know, certain confidence, charisma, or a person that you admire, and then kind of uh, practice a little bit like being that way. For example, uh, maybe Jessica Alba, you know, one of the superheroes or something like that, or Ben yeah. Affleck. And then in the mirror, you know, you can kind of talk a little bit like them and walk like them. Uh, for shy people, it's important to get out of their self-conscious side and be more of the actor. Is there anyone yeah. you would want to like emulate a little bit? Any superheroes or role models that uh, give you a sense of confidence? <laughs> I, you'll laugh because I don't know if you'll ever heard this before, but I would like to be a monk. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Uh, yes. Hat or uh, Dalai Lama kind of people? Yeah. Exactly. That I'm reading okay. both right now. Um, okay. Those are the people that mm -hmm. I consider to be superheroes, okay. and that I, I aspire to give up uh, my, you know, this crazy thing that is called ego. And but would you shave your head though? That's that's the hard part. Would you do that? I, that would be hard. My husband might not like <laughs> if I shave my my hair. He okay. doesn't even like it if it's cut too short. So okay. probably not. Nice. But those those would be what I consider okay. superheroes on earth. Uh, so you, you would yeah. walk in like a humbleness and a kind of an awareness of things. Uh, yeah, yeah. A, a peaceful. You'd be a very peaceful person. Oh yes, that's that's what I want to be is uh, a peaceful person. Uh, with with z very little ego to no ego, and someone that completely is is able to connect with someone else in order to help that person free themselves from their own mental anguish and suffering. Because most of the time, our relationship problems come from a lot of um, you know suffering that we is self created in our heads. So you sound like a, in my love types like an idealistic philosopher personality. Yeah, uh, that sounds like uh, me. So you're a uh, your internal energy, Jess. Or external? Uh -huh. Internal? Okay. Uh, you're a, are you a feeling person or a thinking person? Um, I think I'm a thinking person, but you're again, thinking. I've never taken the test. Okay. So. so you go by your head more in making decisions than your, than your feelings. 
Um, I, I self-check my feelings all the time because I okay. know that most of them come from my mind. Okay. Are you more structured or spontaneous? Let's say someone says, hey, let's go to Vegas or uh, Grand Canyon tomorrow, uh, but you have to work the next day. Would you go? Or would you need to plan it? If I had to work the next day, no. But if it was the weekend, yes. Okay. So you're a little bit spontaneous. Okay. But definitely those are the people that are meaning seekers and they want to find the meaning in life. Now, that kind of brings us to the wanter. Now, you mentioned the wanter is someone that needs something to be fulfilled. And you talk about the shopaholic person, you know, shops mm -hmm. a lot. And also the love addicts. You know, they have the, the brain chemicals that yeah. when they first fall in love, like amphetamines, right? They're high. And then they get bored and they need to find a new person to kind of give them that same high. And I guess you say the woman that um, gets tired of the nice, boring guys. The guys are really nice guys, but to them, they're boring because they're not that exciting. And they're always kind of searching for that. Right. Uh, so that could be a problem. And you said uh, one solution is to embrace the empty space, you know, like in meditation, the Eastern philosophy is to, you know, be uh, at one with your desire, but, you know, don't let it consume you, but just be aware of it. But that seems like a little hard to do in our society where everyone's buying stuff on, <laughs> online and stuff. So how do you get uh, women or other people away from that, that attitude? No, you're absolutely right. It's so hard because social media uh, television, you know, all these forms of media coming at us, you know, are, are really causing us to look for outside satisfaction um, and telling us we need to be more. And if you are more, you'll be happy. Um, and no one, and it's very hard for people to push the pause button and go, wait a minute, I got that pair of shoes. I got that car. I got that promotion. I got it. I got it. I got it. And yet I'm still not happy. Nobody seems to push pause and, right. and notice. So, yeah, the other thing, yeah. Jess, is uh, also people want more mentally stimulation wise. Like, you know, the, with cell phones, I notice people are constantly, and I'm doing that too, you know, checking things, you know, internet. So, our minds are so filled with all these uh, external things that we don't have that emptiness or the peace. So, we're not very patient and we get bored easily. That's right. So, uh, you know, I talk about right. te technology fast, you know, putting your weighted devices for four hours. But a lot of people scream when, when, I, when I say that. So, <laughs> what's your opinion <laughs> on that? Can you put away stuff for uh, four to eight hours, your technology? Absolutely. I could. You, you could. I, I don't, but I could. <laughs> okay. I will tell you one thing that I do okay. right. is I meditate and I read spiritual books every single morning. Yes. And I think if you want to rid yourself of a self-absorbed habit where you're sabotaging your relationships, yes. um, especially if you are a wanter, you have to spend at least an hour a day recreating the habit and being okay with uh, uh, this stimuli, stimuli going at you, not having to go crazy. Otherwise, um, you'll never break the habit. That makes sense. And then the, I think the last two you talk about the contestant, the person that's always comparing themselves and uh, focusing on maybe even stealing a guy from another woman, you know, that kind of stuff to feel better. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, the superior mind, the one that says, hey, I'm the best, you know, and look at me kind of stuff. And they say they don't want to settle for less, but they're very overly picky on like superficial aspects, maybe physical appearance or some other things. Now, there's some research, yeah. Jess, that shows that a woman actually does better in a relationship when she picks a man who's less attractive than her because they're more likely <laughs> to be loyal and devoted. So should a woman pick an ugly guy but who's beautiful in sight? What do you think? Of that? <laughs> oh, I think that inner beauty is the thing that you need to be looking for. Okay. And the pro the problem is that people put way too much focus on outer beauty. Right. Um, as if you care after you've been married for 
you know, three or four years. Right, exactly. Um, if they brush their teeth or comb their hair, you just you just don't. But right. if you're not married, you don't know that. Right. So how do you how do you get the uh, superior-minded uh, people to um, put away the superficial you know looks uh, thing and you know go for the inner beauty as you say? That must be hard. Yeah. You say that they they don't think they have a problem. They always say, hey, there's not enough good guys or gals out there to meet my standards. Is what they say, right? Right. So how right. do you get them? Uh, I mean, you probably have a few of those in therapy or counseling that you talk to. It Right. Well, I think awareness of your of yourself and how detrimental it is to be so judgmental on the outside is key. You, you know, you have to look at it as a judgment habit. Um, and I think if you look at it that way and you start to I tell clients, you need to make a journal in your phone. And every time you look like on, you know, they're, they're flipping through the apps. You know, this guy yes. has not enough hair. Yeah. This guy, right. hot, I don't hot like or it. not, they call it, right? The, you hot know, or the, not, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, so I, I tell them you need to start journaling when you are in that habit of judgment because you will judge, judge, judge until there is zero prospects left. So I kind of, I start there. Um, but obviously, it's very hard barrier mindset it's hard to break off all of that it's like babies so, so Jess, did, you marry, uh, did you marry an ugly yeah. ugly guy yourself or no oh he's hideous no oh, are you sure? <laughs> no oh, wait a minute. I, no 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 uh, oh, okay. no he's not but, i mean he's I is he average or is he like consider him very handsome i mean you probably consider well, him handsome right or no he, I consider him very handsome, the, the most handsome man I could have ever asked to marry. And I, I think the um, the funny thing about it is because people will say to me, but your husband is so good looking. I mean, all, oh. all my married friends when we got married were like, oh, your husband, he's he's everything because yes. um, he's six he's two and he's slim and he's athletic and he's run his own company. Right. But here's the deal. I did not go looking for a six two slim athletic business owner. I didn't go looking for that. What I went looking for was a good person. Yes. Uh, and when I met my husband, I immediately felt that he was giving me the one thing that I wasn't getting from a lot of men out there, which was his full attention. He, you know, his eyes were locked on me. Wow. He asked me deeper questions. Um, and then he said, okay, nice talking to you. And he left. And of course, so he left me wanting more. He uh, used okay. my own tactic on me. Okay. Um, okay. Was that an intentional I, little, uh, did he read a book on that? Uh, how did he get a gal or, or did he actually just naturally feel that way? I, I'm sure he, I don't think he read a book on it, but I think he is a smart man and he probably realized, okay, I made a good impression. It's time to go. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. That was kind of cool. Uh, now in terms of cures, um, you talk about things like be present, which I think we mentioned a little bit, you know, be in the moment and don't overanalyze what he's telling you uh, or what, you know, because you might think, oh, why, why did you say that? Is he trying to make me jealous or piss me off? But you said, listen and ask questions, kind of like be present to what's going on. That's important. Uh, also, yes. you talk about gratitude journal, which is, uh, uh, that's very important. You know, actually research shows that you have a 30% more happiness and 40% less depression when you keep a gratitude journal. Write three things mm -hmm. down every day you're grateful for, whether it's your life, your health, career, family, even if you have a little cat or something or a dog, whatever it is, right, you're grateful for. I think it's so important to, to use gratitude. And I know people might be a little tired of the word gratitude because we've been hearing so much of it. But 
But gratitude is the cure for a mindset full of lack. And that's what that is what the inferior mind um, experiences the most, which is I'm I'm missing something. I'm lacking something. Um, So gratitude fills those holes of lack, because I I tell my clients all the time, if you are in a state of lack, the guy. I can feel it that you want him to fulfill you. That does not feel good to a man that does not feel good to, to a woman either. Right. Now I wrote a book called the three secrets of happiness. It's kind of a modern fable of um, a pompous psychiatrist that goes to the mountains and meets a, a mystical monk, a martial arts monk who teaches him the three secrets of happiness. And they actually kind of correspond to what you're talking about. Uh, one is gratitude. One is optimism. And one is forgiveness. Now forgiveness mm. is an interesting idea because forgiving the other person, also forgiving yourself for any mistakes you think you've made. And I have this interesting guest on the show, uh, Neil Donald Walsh. You may have heard of, uh, about him. He wrote uh, Conversations with God, uh, the spiritual uh, series that was very successful. And he's saying that basically there's no real need to ask for forgiveness or to be forgiven because your soul at the highest level cannot be hurt. It's in- impenetrable. At the lower spiritual levels, you know, you can ask for forgiveness if you hurt someone's feelings or something like that. Yeah. And he gives an interesting analogy. He says like a grandpa that goes to his family home for uh, some apple pie. And the little four-year-old is excited and she wants to give her piece to him, but she knocks over milk on grandpa. Grandpa doesn't need to uh, forgive her because he recognizes she acted as a four-year-old would at her level and he consoles her instead. He says that's the Mm -hmm. way God uh, treats us and we should treat others. So at that level, when you realize someone's hurt you, I mean, they were acting at a low spiritual level and they're a little kid. Hopefully when they're in college level, they won't act like that. So what do you think of Mm -hmm. that idea of forgiveness? How, How do you view it? Oh, I I love that because you're looking at the situation knowing that that person is is human, just like you, makes mistakes, just like you, can can be thoughtless, just like you. And when you see every single person as you see yourself, you realize there's nothing to forgive. Yes. We're all imperfect. Like the way that story goes. And of course, I in Curse, I write about forgiveness as well being one of the cures. Very necessary to become a forgiving person in a relationship. Exactly. Although I would think in uh, between male-female relationships or um, any relationship, uh, forgiveness uh, is something sometimes people want, right? You know, they want you to apologize to your partner uh, on an emotional level. Uh, mm-hmm. and sometimes that can be, I guess, useful at certain certain levels. Do you find that to be the case? Do you want him to apologize or you vice versa if you did something inconsiderate? Yeah, I think, you know, there is, I mean, I'm a very spiritual person, but when you're living day in and day out, you're sharing a bathroom, yes, you're exactly. sharing the covers, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, we're, we're down in the earthy stuff. So right. it's very, it's very helpful. It's human, right? In a sense. It's very, yes, it's very helpful. It's very human to want to have your partner verbally apologize and say, you know, I was, I was wrong and, I, and I'm sorry. It just helps clear the air because yes. as much as you can be a forgiving person, right. like you, you have to interact with this person that you're married to all the time. And it, it is helpful to be very communicative with um, how sorry you are. It goes a long way. Yes. The other thing is interesting. You said uh, acceptance is another one of your cures and say yes mm-hmm. to the present moment. So, Vicky, you're on a terrible date with a person that, you, you know, you're not getting along with, but still you can get something positive from that. Maybe you learn something about what you want in a partner in the future, or maybe you're aware of your feelings. I'm getting bored. I'm getting angry. Why is that? So how, how does that work? How can you be able to accept everything at, at the moment? 
even though you may not like it. Maybe you have these terrible dates. Right. Right. And I think it's it's so what I say in, in my book is it's so important to recognize that going into a date and only thinking about where you're going as far as marriage and children, um, you know, really hurts the present moment when you're on it. And when you get on a date, it's very important to just accept that I'm here on a date with this person. Even if you don't like them, it is practice. Because if you go on a date and you're like, in the first 30 seconds, I don't like this person. The next date, I don't like this person. Third date, I don't like this person. And you've gone on 50 dates and you've judged instantly. If you think you get on that 51st date and you're like, here he is finally. It sounds like a you movie I not- heard. There's a movie like that, I think. Right, right. 51st right. Dates or something. <laughs> but, but you don't, you have not practiced the idea of being present, being accepting, being loving, especially, you haven't practiced any of those good things. So that's why you sit down on that 51st date. And even though you're interested, that other person is not interested in you because you have spent so much time in this area of judgment, resistance, future focusedness. Um, You have practiced these bad habits with all these other people that you didn't like they don't go away when you sit down with that one person you you do like. So it's very important to be accepting and present in the moment, if nothing else, just to practice those things. I like that. Your acceptance muscles are developed by being aware of the moment. And I think you also yeah. said like um, being accepting doesn't necessarily mean that you accept bad behavior. Like someone disrespectful or rude, I mean, you can say, hey, that's not appropriate and so forth. Uh, the other thing that's interesting is um, you don't need a relationship with yourself. You said that people yeah. become very self-absorbed thinking about themselves a lot. However, I'm thinking also that we have a certain personality type called the introvert energy personality, which is about 50% yeah. of the population. And we're actually in some ways becoming more introvert society. We have, you know, food on demand at home, you know, entertainment, even relationships, you know, have a dating app. So in some ways, people are becoming more self-contained. And maybe there are a few people that they don't like to have a lot of friends. They like maybe a couple of friends in their own company. So how about those people? Should they not have a relationship with themselves if that's what they like as introverts? Yeah, I mean, I just think that too much uh, focus on ourselves is just never a good thing, regardless of, you know, whatever personality type you you have. Um, there is, you can definitely, uh, I know Maslow has a hierarchy of needs, so you need to be fed, you need to have shelter, you need to have companionship, connection, family, right, all those things intimacy, but you don't need to keep, you know, going over your last date. You don't need to keep, you know, prophesizing you're going to be alone. You don't need to keep part, you know, fixing your, your, your hair and parting it different ways to see which way is the best way so that you can get a man. I mean, those are the things that you need to let go of the obsessive self focusedness and self focused thinking. Right. Now you said negative self-absorption is, you know, self-criticalness and attacking yourself. Now you said positive self-absorption. Now is that like an egotism and a narcissism or is that a healthy confidence? Can you tell me more about that one? Yeah, I mean, I, I put that in with the superior mindset. Okay, so kind of like overly egotistical, um, almost narcissistic style of being. Yes, yes. And and the, the real pitfall there is that women that and men it doesn't really matter this is not so i'm just good looking I, I need the, the most attractive person in the world i'm a superstar right. kind of attitude right and, and and they do that because they have mistaken this worth association with love you know if i get this really handsome 
successful person and they like me, that's going to make me feel good about myself. And there is no love involved in that. But a lot of people, as you know, they grow up feeling that lack, feeling that sense of, I, you know, I need to be worthy and I need to show everyone how worthy I am. And the best way to do it is get a, get a grade and, so that I can show off. And they don't realize that, that there's, there's no love in there. And so they go through the relationship. It's, it becomes very shallow. There obviously becomes problems. And, you know, they end up right back where they started as single, a single person. And, and the final one, uh, Jess, is you say go from um, a me to we, or in other words, express love to other people is a, a solution, yeah. is a cure. And I call yeah. it, uh, I love university, we call it extend loving energy without expectation. You talk about smiling at people and being nice to them and opening doors and uh, without expecting anything in return. You know, kind of like being right. like the sun. The sun shines on everyone, short, tall, attractive, unattractive, whatever. But it doesn't get uh, mad if someone covers up and doesn't like the sun because it still shines. <laughs> so the sun is yes. uh, like this ever-present uh, loving energy. And that's beautiful yeah. to do that. And uh, and I think you said, how can I help you is a, is a phrase we can think about. Yeah. But at the same time, you might say, well, what if someone takes advantage of my love, right? What if they think I'm weak? And you can say, well, no is a loving word as well, because no mm -hmm. is you self-love, right? You know, I'm not going to take that bad, abusive behavior. And also, you might be teaching them a lesson that they can't get away with that. They need to change their ways as well. So there are limits to this loving energy as well, would you say? Yeah. Well, you have to have a boundary. Uh, and, and when you don't have a self-absorbed mindset anymore, it's amazingly easy to get a boundary because the reason you didn't say no is likely because you didn't want the person not to like you. So if you stop thinking so much, is this person going to like me? You're not going to worry about that boundary or saying no. You're going to have more, you know, you're going to be more confident in yourself naturally that I can say no because I'm not worried that this person is going to uh, not like me anymore or take their, their love away from me. You don't worry about that anymore because you know in yourself, this is what's right for me. Exactly. And at the same time, you say, if you extend loving energy without expectation, you will you know, be more loving and then people will respond to that, right? You know, if you are loving, people will respond with love. So that's a beautiful idea. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly. Now, guess, uh, one thing here is um, I'm going to actually bring my, my producer up. Reggie, can you come up here for a second? Uh, this producer of mine, uh, also a good friend, Reggie Peralta, uh, needs your help, okay? Uh, Reggie, okay. Say, say hi to Jess. Now, he's a nice hi, guy. Jess. He's one of those, uh, those uh, prototypical shy, nice guys who is always in the friend zone. He's uh, almost 30 years old, never really had a relationship, had been on a handful of dates. And we had a bet, Reggie, that I would uh, pay for your date $100 if you can find a gal to go out with you romantically. And in several years, he couldn't do it, but he finally found one. Mm -hmm. Tell us what happened. So, um, well, we had been, what's it called? So the past couple of months, we've been talking, gone on dates. Um, we had the third date recently. And um, the third date is important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Huh? Yes. And so, um, yeah, going in, what's it called? I was like, I was like, I don't know where I could see this. I could see this going either way, but um, whichever way it goes, I'll, I'll give it my best, you know, just that that's all I can do. So we mm -hmm. on the date and afterward, um, we we talked. I was like, so what did you what did you think about that? How do you feel about us? You know, and she's like, well, I, I feel kind of neutral about it. Um, I I don't know, but like just like not want to take it. I was like, well, because I was hoping to um interested in taking things further you know and like but so, so basically no romantic interest so he's disappointed this is the his one shot 
So, well, so, George, I need the hundred dollars yeah. back. That was good. So, just how can you help him? This is a wonderful guy. I mean, he's kind of technology oriented, artistic. I guess maybe nerdy a little bit, but a loving guy. But he's in the friend zone always, and he never gets oh. beyond that. Okay, no, no kissing, nothing. You know, how can we help him? Oh, I think I don't think you're going to need much help, honestly. Are you on the app? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. On the yeah. dating app? Yeah. You are on the dating app. And are you not getting a lot of uh, hits on your profile or getting a lot of messages? Um, No, I, I wouldn't say so. Yeah, yeah okay. be, you need your help, Jess. I mean, now, are we gonna, uh, do we make it more manly? Do we make it more, uh, I don't know, hard to get? I mean, what can we do for him? Well, if the if the problem you're having is meeting someone, like I like to identify where's the problem. Is it be the beginning, the middle, or the end? Sounds like that it's the beginning, right? Right. You're not meeting. You're not meeting enough people. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that you're you have the best problem out there because it is one that is easily fixed. You just need either a haircut. Or you gotta shave your beard. You gotta put on a different shirt, okay. and you need some new pictures. There you and go. that's probably that's probably all you need. I've been telling you, you to get some earrings or something or a tattoo, but you don't want to do that, right? No, okay. no you, pro- you probably just need to do something like that because okay. you there are there, it's so easy to meet people now. And if you are if your problem is not meeting people because they're not messaging you, then you just need better photos, um, and you gotta you gotta show up like your photo. Just what, 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 what if this problem is the middle? I'm seeing that he meets the girl. I mean, he has friends from college and other places, yeah. but then they're just friends. Why is that, Reggie? What's going on? Well, it's interesting because a lot of time I'll ask for like kind of like feedback, basically like, well, where am I falling short? And it's kind of like, Jess, you mentioned, talked about this earlier. It's interesting. Like you said, like a lot of time about rejection. It's not even about you. It's, it's yeah. like because there's two people involved and like right. they'll be like, well, technically you do everything right. You signal your interest and their dates are like the, this last girl she told me my dates are great they were great ideas but like hmm, just okay no romance so is he over eager maybe like you said your husband was was really cool and then he took off for a little bit he think, did is, is he missing some of this you think he's coming up maybe a little eager in some ways uh well you would know better than i would well i'm asking you uh, what do you think from what he's talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes um well i would say just based on asking for the feedback makes it it does sound like maybe it's a little bit eager um, you know, I hate giving advice, uh, you know, on like minimal information, but I would go with, I would go with not asking for feedback just because that makes it a little bit awkward between you and the girl. And also that makes it a little more self-focused about you. Like you're asking her, what do you think of me? And that's not what the date is for. The date is for like, Hey, are we having fun? Are we connecting? And that's really it. And And, and do we want the same thing? But when you start asking, well, what's your feedback on me? And what do you think about my dates? You're making it about you. And that kind of makes, that, that doesn't come off as confident for, for women. Um, so we'll be more confident approach. Let's say, give him a couple of phrases he can say to her, like in the beginning, that would kind of stimulate that romantic energy. Oh man, you're really putting me on the spot. <laughs> okay. On a date you're talking yes. about? Yes. Okay, I think that you have to be a little bit more assertive at the end and say something like, I'd really like to see you again. What do you think about us getting together next weekend? You know, period. Not And make it a very clean, confident statement. Make sure you're looking her in the eye as opposed to like trying to field her out. Okay, let's try it, all right? Uh, right now, look her in the eye and she's single, <laughs> uh, hopefully. <laughs> all right, so begin. Um, I really had a lot of fun with you. I would like to see you again next week. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay, that's good. I love it. 
All right. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right. All right. Give him a hand of a pocket job. I like it. All right. Thanks, All Reggie. Right. Thank All you. Right. So, Reggie uh, has some hope now. Man. Yeah, he did a good job, uh, Jess. Uh, so you help them. Like, I do you work a lot with women. Do you ever work with males at all, with men? I do. And I have okay. to say that the men that I worked with, they usually, you know, it's very fast with them because it usually oh. is a problem in the beginning. Yes. Okay. That has something to do with maybe like image or pictures. They okay. just need okay. a cleaner look or, you know, right. whatever. And, and then, then it's easily fixed. Right. So I really like working with men. They don't Definitely. have like the complicated the problems. Overthinking, usually. right? Yeah, I guess being shy. I don't have that. Although being shy, though, you do become overthinking a little bit self-conscious. And that's the thing that they need to work on a little bit. Now, Jess, what are you working on now? I know you've got a lot of stuff going on. What, are you excited about some projects you're working on? What's, what's yeah. new for you now? Well, you know, we're in a pandemic, as you know. And um, so I am home with my two kids all the time. They're, they're doing virtual schooling. So the, the project that I'm working on currently is I have a, a Sunday night book club on Instagram, oh, right. which has been going on for uh, through this whole pandemic. And yes. actually, this Sunday, which I know, you know, this Sunday is January 17th. I, we start a new book and we're actually starting my book. We're going to oh, go through awesome. chapter. We're going to go okay. through chapter by chapter every Sunday night. That's I great. discuss my book. Wow. Um, last, we did, we did an Eckhart Tolle book okay. uh, back in October. So we just finished wow. that. So, that's my current project. Well, can I offer you one of my? Can I offer you love types to help you guys with that? One sure, my, absolutely, okay. yes, absolutely. We'd love to do that. Um, so idea. I'm really excited. It's a project I can do while my kids are home. And of course, I've had a lot of people tell me that they've read Curse and they loved it, and they want wow. to give it to you know people that are in relationships and yes. people that you know males, people that are in different sorts of relationships, um, right. not exactly. just you know the male female. So I'm probably going to start working on you know, a, a version of this book for people that are in a relationship um, and how to take their cursed mindset out of their marriage Definitely. so that it can grow and flourish. Exactly. It was well-written. So, well you know, you put a lot of like spiritual, psychological, and also personal aspects to it. Where oh, thank people, you. Where can people hear more about your website and, and stuff that you do? Are you doing coaching and other things like that? I, I do minimal coaching because of the pandemic, but I hope to pick that back up. But I do have a website, but I'm, I'm very active on social media well, right what's, now. What's, so. your, what's your website? My website is jessmccann.com and my Instagram handle is say just to love and instead of say yes to love. Oh, just to love. Just, okay. Tell us how to spell your website so we have it down. How do you spell it? It's www.jessmccann.com. And of course, Cursed, my book, is on Instagram right now. Um, very affordable book. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then you have a couple other ones. I think you lost it my hello and another one. Was it something I said? Was that the one? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. They're, they're all a little bit different, but if what we've talked yeah. about today is resonating, then Cursed is the book. I like that. It's been wonderful having you on the show. I mean, you give a lot of great energy today and a lot of hope to people because right now, we're you know, people are very lonely and isolated. Oh, I know. One of our missions at Love University is to help eradicate loneliness, you know, through the work we do and connection. And loneliness yeah. actually, they say, it can affect you, uh, your heart disease and a lot of physical illnesses, more, even more than emotional as well. So we yeah. want to help with that. I think you're doing a great job. So you're really giving hope to people to find that love, that, that happiness. So I like your things, acceptance, presence, and of course, love, right? Send love energy without expectation. So yeah. if you want to reach us at Love University, you can reach us at loveuniversity.love, 310-226-8090. If you have any questions and comments for just as a show for today. And the keys, I recommend everyone go out there with love this week, love energy, and find a soulmate and be a soulmate. Also be kind to those you're with already right now, uh, whoever they may be. Until next time, this is Dr. Alex Avida, Love University. That was a lot of fun, an interview we had with Jess McCann, a dating relationship a love expert. And she's talking about really, first of all, accepting yourself in the moment, being present with yourself and the person you're with, dating-wise or relationships, and then extending loving energy without expectation. 
and realizing that your mind can be an enemy or it can be an ally. It can be a friend. So we want to focus more on positive and uplifting thoughts, helping other people, being grateful, being optimistic, being forgiving. And those thoughts will resonate outwardly to attract the kind of person we want in our life, our soulmate, our love partner, husband or wife. So if you want to join us at Love University, you can listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. You can like us on Facebook at Love University Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram at Love Letter U Podcast. Call us at 310-226-8090. Write to us at loveuniversitylove at gmail.com. And this week, go out and give love to others. By the way, we just had Itzy, our Love University mascot, come up here. Itzy is a miniature golden retriever, a very loving dog. And uh, everyone that sees her finds that she jumps on top of them and gives love. So Itzy, thanks for coming by. Until next time, put over your notebook, your iPads, your phones. Love University is now in recess. Until next time, this is Dr. Avila. 